It's probably going to be a good episode because we're kind of fighting as a group right now. Everybody. We're right not now. fighting. You are creating this narrative. <laughs> I missed Actually, a recording a couple weeks ago, and then I fucked up a recording last episode. So though everyone's, I, everyone's really I do, on thin I do ice tonight. point out that I guess I'm the only one that said we're not mad. I think Arby and Scott here. Oh, I am not mad. I, I, I hung out with Arby last night, and yeah. he didn't even look at me. Nope. And now no, you I join can't. us mid-show. Yeah. I'm leaving that in. This is Fans on the Run, a podcast made by, for, and about Beatles folks. All right, everybody. Here's your host, Welcome, 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 The world's second most intoxicated, sober Beatles podcast. Number one knows who he is. And it's, and, and it is not one of my guests today. Um, yeah, guests, plural. This this is a new dawn for fans on the run, because for the first time, I have not one, not two, but four guests, four fucking guests. This is this is either gonna be amazing or it's gonna be a nightmare. However, I like these four people collectively. They host the show Blotto Beatles, and it's a lot like any other Beatles podcast, but with one key addition: alcohol. And as it turns out, infighting, like like the actual Beatles. Scotty C, RB, Tommy, Becker, welcome to Fans on the Run. Oh my goodness, Ethan! Thank you so much thank for you. having us. Yeah, yeah thank you, thank, thank you. I'm flattered to be here as part of your. Uh, I was gonna say reboot. I don't know that it's a reboot, but you're picking up. Uh, wherever you left off. And, no, I, uh, I've stopped and started so many times. It's it's not a reboot. It's more. <laughs> so much more. Yeah, just more, more, you know, sludge to shovel out the pipeline. <laughs> well, it's a funny thing when you're making content, you feel like you just need to be making it all the time, and then you do take a little break, and then you resume, and it's absolutely fine. You know, like, it's not exactly how you left it yeah except you know sometimes you kind of forget how to do it (laughs) you're doing great so far yeah thank you not missing a beat not even the second intro uh i don't know if it's appropriate to say yeah but i was very happy for you and i was honestly proud um that you did the mark lewison episode because i know that that was big (laughs) for you and i thought it was it's a great episode and i loved hearing like something that you really wanted to come true from doing your podcast and here it happened you know um is you know congratulations on that it's, it's very cool yeah thank you thank you uh that that was kind of one of the the original goals of fans on the run it was just get lewis in that was my my everest who's mark and Lewison? now um i'm just kidding i'm just kidding. you know what he calls him lewishin as we did for the first you know, I, I, I've been trying to get him on the show for so long that I don't actually remember who he is <laughs> it's just an obsession it, it was just kind of like a nervous tick sure. like ah, Mark come on the show it's your rosebud yeah for all you cinephiles out there I don't know that song are you heckling 
No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Statler and Waldorf over here. <laughs> All right, I I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna throw out a question and All see right. how this works. Actually, could could everyone introduce <clears throat> themselves for the for the listeners who might not know? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Becker, and I uh, we I call myself the co-host of of Blotto Beetles. I am Tommy. I am the the other co-host of Blotto Beetles. Becker actually makes me say the other co-host when I introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm am Scotty C. As 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 I'm called on the, in the podcast world and in the real life, and I uh, help these amazing co-hosts on the Blood Beals podcast. He is the, the as they call him, the, the George Martin of New England. New England. New England. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's our executive producer. He's being humble. And he does uh, all of our dirty work. Like, he's he's responsible <laughs> for these episodes getting out there. Sounding decent. Yeah, that guy's going to come over uh, that does that dirty jobs, and he's going to come... Come to my house and I'm worried you're gonna like (laughs) undercover boss us. I feel bad for everything you have to wade through. (laughs) I'm just trying as hard as I can because he said dirty work, and I've been listening to a lot of Steely Dan. I was was trying to work in a Steely Dan (laughs) reference, actually. Um, But uh, yeah, maybe you can just play dirty work in the background. There you go. Uh, I'm RB. I. I guess what is my title here? Musical supervision. We'll call um, you musical supervisor. Yeah, you know, help with the. Uh, we 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 record a, a drunken karaoke version of all of the songs that we we do, and so well, all Scotty, but one. Yeah, that's true. One. You you yeah. took tomorrow never knows. Oh, that's that's finish. right. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, generally we uh, Scotty C and I and. Uh, sometimes some some outside collaborators will come up with uh, re- recreate uh, the the Beatles track, which in doing that, like you learn a bunch about the tune itself, which is fun. Um, yeah, and then also you know some uh, we recorded some other little incidental music that we we throw in here and there as well. And then we have these titles, but like real honestly, like I I think of Altal as being very equal participant participants in this show, and everyone does their their part and so there's we, no we get something chart. at the end of the day <laughs> there's no blotto I mean, beetles org chart well if we I'm get to that it does promotion. go right to becker that's how i worked it out with the lawyers <laughs> um yeah no no we're we're a very flat organization as as the blotto beetles go so now i'm gonna throw out a question all right how did you guys first discover the beetles Becker, you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. I um, So I had uh, a mother who's really into, like, the early Beatles stuff, and that was played in the car all of the time. And I took it, you know, I enjoyed it, but I took it probably relatively for granted. And then we had moved houses when I was, um, I don't know, probably six, seven or eight or something like that. And my dad had set up, like, some of his old couches and his record player down in the basement. And... I was going through his records on one rainy day. I was eating a double stuff Oreo. Um, and <laughs> I played Tommy's The Who. And then the next album I, I went through, and I saw the Sgt. Pepper's cover. And I played Sgt. Pepper's. And that, even at that time, just sort of. Sorry, blew I, me away. I, I have to stop you there. Tommy's The Who? 
Yeah, it's, it's a record I wrote when I was 10 years old <laughs> called The Who. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Who, it's Tommy album, <laughs> uh, is, uh, was the first record I ever wrote. Reminder, really which nothing also, gets edited out. <laughs> <laughs> which also has been something through my entire life that I am, I've been super into. Um, but then finding Sgt. Pepper's uh, certainly blew my mind, and, and I just generally took off from there, you know. I've had a couple of gaps. I sort of come and go from like Beatle craziness, I guess, of like being super infatuated with something and then just being something that I more casually listen to. So I've had multiple phases of that in my life. Uh, and now the podcast has certainly put us back deep into a, uh, a passion phase. Tommy. So I've talked on the, uh, about this on our pod a couple times, um, a lot of Beatles, wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, when I was in second grade, I remember I'm I was going to let that gra- slide. Thank you. Yeah, e- Ethan uh, said only one plug. He was very, <laughs> very explicit. Um, Not plug as much as you want. Yeah. My uh, my best friend, Colin, uh, approached me on the playground and said, like, hey, I, I heard this band. Um, they're awesome. They're called the Beatles. And you and I are going to start a band called the Beatles 2. And the first song we're going to do is called Help. And I was like, sweet, I'm in. Let's go. Um, so it probably took months until I actually heard the Beatles after that. Uh, but that was like the first indelible Beatles memory I had was being in a band where none of us knew how to play instruments called Beatles 2, where like three quarters of us had never heard a Beatles song. <laughs> I want to hear um, that version of Help. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, it probably uh, sounds that, like our karaoke. <laughs> yeah, but that definitely like with the fire of being like, I'm supposed to find out who these people are. And Colin had older siblings that knew music and... Um, so that was kind of my, my jumping off point. That was a great story. Uh, for, for me, uh, it was when my family first got a CD player. And we, with the CD player, ended up getting a couple of CDs, of course. Um, and one of those was Abbey Road. Another one of them was Help. Those were my first two Beatles albums that I've had all the way, you know, that had all the songs on. Um, and then it's kind of slowly... Uh, built upon that and and uh, and kind of got more into it. I think I didn't really get deeply, deeply into the Beatles and probably until um, I was in my 20s, I think, and we were like starting to like play covers and, and learning those songs. And then I kind of took a deep dive into it again. Um, and then like every time you know, a remaster or whatever comes out. I, I just dive in. I'm a, I'm a nerd like that. I love, I love all the alternate takes and the, give me all the studio chatter and everything like that. Like, so every time one of those comes out, I, I geek out again. Yeah. I mean, I think for all of us, it was like the anthology was just such a big, that was huge. I mean, we're all mm-hmm. basically, I think 15 or so when the anthology came out and we hadn't heard stuff like that. Really. Yeah. It was hard to, to find anything like that back then. You would read about this stuff, but you couldn't really put your hands on it yet. Yeah, I got a very, you know, similar story in, in a way you know, with... You were in Beatles my, 3? <laughs> yeah, I was in, you know, <laughs> in my playground, you know. Where I used to spend most of my days. Um, yeah, my mother was a, a, a Beatles fan. You know, she was at that right age when they came out. She was glued to the Ed Sullivan thing, and I still have her... Uh, first Beatles record and with her writing you know Paul's cute on it or whatever and um, 
so she always really loved listening to the Beatles, mostly the early stuff as well. So I, I would I grew up with that on the radio and in her passion for it or excitement for that for that band. And then similar to RB, you know, not really until my twenties did I listen deeper to all their records and really start to fall in love as, you know, being a musician, uh, with the depth of, of their recordings and their, their music and and then here we go again. We know we're much older than in our twenties now and again looking at it from a different angle and dissecting the songs and um, talking about it with these guys is just kind of never ends. Even, you know, I, they come on and I'm, I'm not like, Oh God, the Beatles, you know, I, <laughs> I'd never think that way. Um, yeah. Not a single song even. And but it's just, I don't know. It just happens. It's cool. And we love a bunch of different things, but like, this has always been just a great common denominator. Like Tommy's, I- it was Tommy's idea to do this podcast, but Eventually, we would talk about music, hanging out together, and at the end of the night, we would still be chatting about the Beatles. You know, and it was powered by remasters and all this stuff that we got to keep sort of digesting. But all uh, roads lead back to Rome. Yeah, that, yeah <laughs> I yeah. think that's exactly that is exactly it. You know, all all late night music conversations eventually find their way back to the Fabulous Four. Yeah, that's and then we we're like, we should record this. We're so interesting. That we should record that. I wonder what four <laughs> middle-aged white men have to say about the Beatles. Speaking of four middle-aged white men, uh, how did you all meet each other? So, um, Scotty and I went to high school together. Um, and we were playing in bands at, at the time. We used to kind of... We grew up on Cape Cod in Massachusetts, which had a... At the time we were around had a really I, I don't think we realized how lucky we were had a, a kind of punk influenced um teenage rock scene where people would rent out vfws or that sort of thing like wherever they could up and down cape cod and so scott and i were playing in two different bands but became friends through that and then becker lived a couple towns over from us and same idea he was playing in a punk band at the time and our bands would end up playing together and we would get talking at shows or go to see another friend's band and, and be like, oh, that's Becker from, from the band in Sandwich and get talking. Um, so we all ended up in Boston in our 20s, which is where I met RB. Um, I think Becker maybe knew him a little before I did because RB was playing in a band with our, our good friend Chris at the mm-hmm. time. So we're all kind of living in and around Boston in our college and post-college years and then just kind of couldn't get rid of each other after that. What, what were and your yeah, that's like that's like twenty plus years of hanging that we're talking about of time, you know, like just being very explicit. Like yeah. in these in these punk bands and just bands you're playing in, what what were your influences? For me, I was, I mean, I never gave up the Beatles. I can't say it was an influence. I there was a funny phase of like it wasn't super cool to be like, oh, I'm into the Beatles, right? Like I was trying to dress like a punk rock kid and and all of this stuff and. I still had a Beatles mural on my wall of all these like magazine cutouts and stuff. And like kids would, you know, people would come to my house and I'd be like a little sheepish about it. Cause it did look like a, like a teen girl's room from like the sixties or something like that is what I imagine, you know? Uh, but I never took that down. Um, but, uh, do you still have it? I don't have it anymore. I should have just cut that wall out of my parents' house. And I did ultimately take it down or my mother might've taken it down when I went to college. I, I don't remember. Um, 
but for me, we were heavily at the time. I was heavily into uh, what was going on in DC as a punk scene. So uh, Fugazi was was really huge for me. We like some of the West Coast punk rock stuff. Uh, Descendants was really big for me. Um, like of the of the contemporary type things. That was probably probably my main touch points. Yeah. What you guys? The, the, the bands I was playing in, we listened to DC again. A lot of that stuff, Shudder to Think, was a big thing for me out of DC. But um, we were big, big Radiohead, Weezer guys, and, and I think probably tried to emulate a lot of that in the band I was playing in the most in high school. I mean, Nirvana, Sonic Youth. Oh, obviously. Huge, yeah. huge for me. I wasn't... I, I liked punk, and I still do. Um, I think at that time, I had not a lot of exposure to it. Uh, I really loved the Minutemen, if you were going on the punk route. Mm-hmm. And like uh, the germs and a lot of that LA stuff, but I was way more into like R and B, soul music, funk music, and that was you know in, you know influenced by like I I got into music because of the Red Hot Chili Peppers and Fishbone and these really uh, aggressive but yet really groovy and funky and expressive bands. That R- really hardcore funk funk bands like Casey and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, that's not necessarily one of the ones I'm with. I was more of a Parliament Funkadelic uh, kind of guy. and uh, You can't go wrong with P-Funk. No. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was, I was, you know, a little different. But RB, what did you listen to in high school? I don't even know. Uh, I was kind of a musical sponge. I, I, I did, I, I absorbed a lot of different things. You know, in, in college, I was I was playing uh, some jazz, and that's how actually how I met Kenji, um, is it, who plays drums in in, in my band, and he uh, we were we got uh, uh, put together in a uh, uh, jazz combo, and we used to play like you know Sunday jazz brunches on a college campus, uh, and then when we kind of which is decidedly out, not a punk rock. Thing. That is not not at all <laughs> punk rock. <laughs> Um, but but you know listening to bands like you know uh, just just like Radiohead and um, just pulling in just other influences uh, you know uh, a lot of older classic rock and then kind of whatever was happening in early two thousands indie yeah uh, that's yeah kind of thing. thing yeah. Yeah, I come out of punk rock a little bit in my early 20s, and uh, I had older roommates, and they started playing all this awesome singer-songwriter stuff. There was Abel and Sebastian, Elliot Smith was coming out, and mm-hmm. Elliot Smith is doing awesome versions of Beatles songs. And I'm like, right. oh, like maybe the Beatles is like a, a safer thing to bring out again. <clears throat> I remember one time I had, we had a six-CD carousel changer in the house, and it wasn't mine. It was my roommates, and I put in – they were gone for the day, and I put in all Beatles records, and my roommate Jason came home early. And he said, "What are you listening to?" I said, "Oh, I, I just I put on six Beatles records. I'm just relaxing. I don't. I wasn't drinking. I was probably drinking like a, a Snapple." And he goes, "I'm not in the mood for this shit." And he opens the CD player <laughs> and just chucks my CDs out of there. I think he wow. put in like Nick Drake or something like that or Dylan. And I was like, "Oh man, what a dick move." <laughs> I will say, um, in my first band when I was probably 12, 13 years old, we played. Help, and we played oh. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, and uh, I think that was it for Beatles. Was songs. that Oatmeal? Oatmeal yeah. played those songs? What? Yeah. <laughs> the Oatmeal? Yeah. 
Authors of Radioactive. Maybe you heard of it. <laughs> it's a great song. It's a banger. So yeah. after you after you get into the Beatles, what what were or what was the first? I, some of you answered this. What was the first Beatle album that really grabbed you? That really. I mean, Sgt. Pepper's clearly was huge, but then you know, I it's definitely the White Album for me because I just didn't know that you could sound like this or have all these different sounds. I I, I didn't know you could be a, a songwriter, a musician, and put out something that feels this varied and and sort of disconnected in a, in a way. Um, so I, it really was the White Album that sent me like on its own path. Sgt. Pepper's blew my mind. Revolver blew my mind in a very specific way. But I think it was the White Album that, like, I almost feel like all of the bands I'm into now, you can almost tie back to, like, spawning off of a, a song from the White Album or, or something like that. Yeah, I think it wasn't an album for me, honestly. Like, because, you know, we grew up in the weird, like, cassette era. And so I would have, like, the Blue Album double cassette thing. Oh, sure. And, like, Past Ma- I, I remember I had one – Past Masters came as a double cassette – set and i only had one of the cassettes somehow like i you had a past I didn't master buy it. I, don't I i just had a past master yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know so it was like these strange compilations that it like and i know we had a vinyl copy of the u.s rubber soul but then like you get into this u.s british release thing too and it was definitely like after seeing anthology and kind of diving in deeper and being like okay i just need to own these uk records that i really started to differentiate what those were and then that just goes right in the line you know like i, I know my favorites but i just kind of bought them one after another so i can't i don't really know if i can say which one necessarily grabbed me immediately do you know which one you bought first revolver <clears throat> because it was the one that i was least familiar with and i was like okay this is because when you get like the blue album or, or past masters like not a ton of revolver tunes on those things, right? Or like the, the, in terms of the two albums that you just mentioned, uh, like the Blue Album, which doesn't cover any revolver yeah. because it starts in '67. Mm. Very true. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> and I had when I was talking about the compilation, it's like I had the You're blue saying. and the red, so you know what I mean. Like I, I, I oh oh, now you have the red. Yeah. <laughs> Revision. Wait, are you heckling me? Your, your story's changing, Tommy. Your story's must have been, changing. Must have been nice growing up with the red and the blue album. In my household, we could only afford one. I absolutely, in the cassette era, that, that was what I had was the red and the blue. You know, yeah, those are youth. clearly big. I was overlooking that. Once, once I finally went CDs and, and stuff, I, I'm, I'm white album all the way. I mean, yeah. I love them all, and, and Revolver but, and everything, too, but I think I'm a White Album guy. I, w- I, was, I was late to the White Album. It was I, Abbey Road was my first, and I think that was still the one that grabbed me. Like, the B-side of Abbey Road with all the songs that go into each other, like, exploded my brain. I just loved it. It was, uh, you know, the little motifs that come in and out and how each song kind of goes into the next. That, that, was, that was what... Uh, intrigued me i think and got me more interested in who these people are it makes a lot of sense you're amazingly musical like you gravitate towards that it's not not a surprise now now this kind of stuff is interesting to me as a as a child of the 21st century yeah what was it like being a, a Beatles fan 
in you know the 90s late 90s early 2000s after electricity it got a little easier <laughs> um, as soon as we weren't running from those dinosaurs yeah, by, by candlelight when i had to crank up the gramophone it was a little tougher but uh no it yeah. was uh sorry go ahead time go ahead no you go I, it was weird because I was really into reading Beatles books that I could get my hands on. So it was from the library or my mom got me some, like she would buy them if she saw them and all that. So we were just reading books, um, but you couldn't hear the stuff that they sort of were referencing for sort of like alternate versions or demo takes or anything like that. And there's this funny thing too, where like we mispronounce things all the time in our podcast. The, the Mark Lewison thing is a, is a funny one because we've been reading Mark Lewison books before I'd ever heard anyone say Mark Lewison's name. And uh, what's the other thing we say? Isher, Escher. What is? How do you say it, Ethan? Isher demos. Oh, that's... I think it's Isher. Is it Isher? So I'd okay, that out, out of the, said wrong out of the three ways I've heard it, that is the only one that I know for sure is not how you say it. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. You know. And so you have all this funny stuff where you've been reading things and you imagine them in your head. And it wasn't, I think, until we had Sam Wiles on, and he said Esher or Escher, and I was like, oh, I, I believe he's saying it correctly. <laughs> this guy, he does a little podcast. Uh, yeah. He's got an accent, so I take him uh, much more seriously than, than any of these uh, U.S. podcasters. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I know that feeling. <laughs> I'm not a U.S. podcaster. Oh, that's no, true. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> sorry. North American podcasters, sorry. Um, I, as Tommy would say, I'm from the land of... Uh, Blueberry cobbler. Yeah. His one really specific, inaccurate Canadian. One thing we know about Canadians. You love blueberry cobbler. So that you know that was the, for me I think that was the biggest thing is like we were just reading as much as we could read, and it's sort of certainly all of these like old I think at this point everyone thinks these are generally like old guard books and sort of a lot of these narratives of have changed we grew up with yoko ono being a, a villain in the beatles story yeah. and i know that that's not which which books did you grow up on um i'm trying to think we had a ton of garbage books i talked about this in the podcast the other day we had a, a store called buck a book near us and there were just these garbagey unauthorized like the story behind every beatles song type books um the first beatles book that i really got into was um is it day in the life a day in the life that was yeah. the first one. You that lent, sort of you, I remember you me. lent that to me in our early twenties, and that that was a great. And book. I thought that was I that was the I don't know maybe the first like pretty serious Beatles book that I I probably believe into this this day or still informs a bunch of things. But even like the that Lennon what is the <laughs> that garb the, the lives, lives of Lennon, of Lennon. book yeah, yeah yeah that was big I read that a bunch, um, and you don't know at the time that you're not supposed to be taking this stuff completely to heart. Um, because it's what's it's printed, what's it must there. be true. Yeah, you're yeah. grabbing what could be out there, you know. Where you have uh, a spoil of uh, access, you know. Yeah, that's one of the perks of of being a child of the 21st century. It's you have like the entire sum of human knowledge, a, a Google search away. And there's this thing like we had to. We had to pay for every single Beatles record. Like there wasn't, I'm going to check this out and then go buy it. So when it, when you're spending your dollar, it makes sense to go to the store and buy the red album or the blue album because you're like, oh, for twenty five or thirty dollars, right. I'm getting all of these songs. Like we just and it's I, all the hits. It's all I, the hits. I can identify with that. I can. 
because I I was a Beatles fan. I got into the Beatles at a very very specific point in time, after the 2009 remasters, but before they went on iTunes. Oh, all right, sure. So that sure, yeah. that's like a, a you know a 13 14 month window. <laughs> yes. Where I, I, you had to buy the songs. Yeah, yeah. That they just it sucked so that funny. money out of your pocket for I'm remembering, <laughs> a year and a half. <laughs> I'm remembering that exact moment of of my life when, you know, we were in our twenties at that point. Becker, you were living in New York because I, I recall specifically we were on some like nascent message board that we created for ourselves and our friends to talk about music, and we were talking about these the remasters and you and I had agreed to not listen to the white album one until we were together. And I came out to New York for a weekend and we like sat and had dinner and just listened to it. And, you know, but you, what, you don't what want to say that thing. we smoked weed. <laughs> you can say I don't know that we did then. Oh, come on. When you're coming to New York. <laughs> no, but that's when you were living in the loft place. The, um, I was bringing my kids, so I don't think. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I hear you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That timing makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was thinking about different different times. Not, no, no. That was, we were listening to a lot of Kid A then. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but I, you know, I, I'm trying to catch up. You know, like having access to everything now is almost like almost too overwhelming when something like the revolver box drops and you're like, oh, I need to sort of take all this stuff in like it's also well now one one question of bridges you know springing to mind was it worth it waiting to listen to that white album remaster i think so because i think um you know for the four of us like we've always known we we really like the beatles and it's a touch point for us and so something more communal like that especially these days like it it's so easy to be siloed in life right like and to have a communal experience um i don't know i could go down a rabbit hole on this right like we we don't have anything please do we don't have anything that's i know we're trying to click down minutes right we don't want to get through all these questions too fast um we don't have anything communal anymore there's no like homogenous culture like this water cooler talk on a monday after someone watch after you all watch game of thrones or you know stuff like that we we've lost that and what we get instead is like, hey, you, I watched this entire season of something. You should watch it, too. And then you get someone coming back saying, yeah, that was cool. Right. Like, And yeah. so at these communal experiences, you know, whether it's like a, a movie theater thing or listening to a record with your friends, like I do. Really, it, it might sound corny. I really, really treasure that stuff now when it comes around and I, and I can put a finger on a, a time and a place that says, like, OK, we did something cool that day. Yeah, I. Well yeah. I, I miss it a lot because it's not there anymore and I hate to be fucking boomery about it or any of that but it's you know like some days Tommy be like oh you should check out this record right and I go and I look at it on Spotify and I play it for one minute and I'm working and I'm like oh this isn't for me you know and I dismiss this entire thing of art that Tommy told me that it's something he likes and I'm not dismissing Tommy's I he's someone in my life who I, I appreciate all of his recommendations it's for me it's in the moment where again, you go back when you bought a CD in the day and you listen to the entire thing because you just spent twenty-two dollars or something for this. You know, it might have come in a long box, uh, depending on, <laughs> on what what stage of my life I bought it in, and you felt committed to sort of like digesting. Did you keep this your long boxes? I didn't. I had no idea that you were supposed to. 
I've binged and purged like Beatles stuff for a couple of phases of my life. Um, I've had some ridiculous Beatles collection stuff, like not not rare stuff, but just Beatlesy. I had all the toys. I had that yellow submarine lava lamp. I had all this stuff that I'm like, oh, I don't, why is this in my life? And now I just wish I had it behind me right now. You guys would think <laughs> I was so cool if I had that yellow yeah. submarine lava lamp. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, for me, I think. Um, Music is only interesting from a communal perspective. You know, when you're younger, you sort of gatekeep these things. I think it is happening in Beatles fandom all the time. Like, who can be the bigger fan or who can be this or that? Um, but for me and for our show who, and everyone Who knows here, the most minutia? And who knows all of the details? Yeah. And the music is out there, and that's what means... The answer, is, the answer is me. <laughs> <laughs> you strike a good balance of, uh, for me, that you you sort of answer when asked in a way about these things. Like I think you, 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 you do a good level of talking to Beatles folks at every level and not being um, obnoxious. <laughs> you know, like, wow. you, you do Thank a nice... You. <laughs> You do a nice job of sort of like I know that Ethan knows more and, than and me, just, just but he's allowing me. Clarifying this audience, I did not edit that sentence together. <laughs> <laughs> you do a yeah. great job. He gave you a list of words that you need to say in any order. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, again, echoing Tommy's statement, like music for me is a communal thing. It is more interesting if people together are passionate about it. You know, that's why I going to see, you know. I don't see as much live music as I would like to these days, but we frequently all get together and go see a couple of our favorite artists. And we all just saw the, the smile, the Radiohead band the other day. And like, it was great. It was just great to be together and doing that. Is, is that the one with, with the Tom York? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Johnny, the same. Johnny Greenwood. Why, why don't then, you think um, people get together to listen to music anymore? I I, uh, I mean not necess- not not shows and stuff, but like I don't know, are people getting together and listening to like an album and putting it on and saying like this is? But why? You know, like I don't know. It's not like you can't do it because you're not inviting me to do it. I will. Are you he doing actually, it without yeah. me? <laughs> I know Scotty you, you've and I been got having parties. Yeah, yeah. We did one record listening night. Yeah, yeah one time. Um, I think it's just the the pace yeah. of life these days, right? Like it's we have choices though, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we do. You are correct. But we tend to digest everything on the fly. We just have this global jukebox in our pocket. You know, I hate jukeboxes now. I hate internet jukeboxes where I have to go to this jukebox. Do kids even know what jukeboxes are? Yeah, is that the mystery I have to go to this jukebox and (laughs) I have access to... Uh, they haven't made it to Canada yet, right? Is that the, that the issue? Someday you'll get this great technology where you can put in 25 cents and play a song. But you go to a jukebox now, and it's like, oh, I can play any song in the world. Like, the best thing was right. that when we were in our 20s, you would go to a bar, and you were like, oh, they have the best curated jukebox. And there were 40 albums CDs in there, in here, you yeah. know? And there was like, you can only play this music, and it was all fucking killer. And half of it you I, knew, I and half of it you didn't know. I actually have I was sent a gift with a Blotto Beatles envelope that did contain a Beatles single with the words for jukeboxes only. Yeah. So yes, <laughs> I know what a fucking jukebox is. <laughs> I sent that to you because one it was, it was birthday and you joined us for your birthday and yeah. I thought it was a safe bet that maybe it was something you didn't have because I know that you I think you have a larger vinyl collection than I do. I'm not I'm not sure. We can we can measure later. Yeah. 
just in, in pure stacks. But um, I was like, oh, maybe this is just a safe bet. But was I right or no? Yeah. You All right. There we go. Yeah, no, you're right. RB, right. you haven't said anything in a while, so I'm going to ask you the next question. Okay. How have the Beatles changed your life? How have the Beatles changed my life? Thank uh, you. <laughs> is that the whole answer? Oh, yeah. It's, it, I'm asking it back at you. No, uh, I think... Um, how have the Beatles changed my life? Uh, <clears throat> I, I think... It's been a great joy of mine to play music with my friends, and uh, and I think the Beatles have a large catalog of excellent songs that are fun to play and sing along to in a group, uh, and so I I think that has uh, affected my life in a very positive way that I get to have these joyous occasions to just jam and play out uh play all these fun songs <laughs> yeah it's it's great i, I love that, that. i love awesome, that right? when we are like jamming out and singing beatles songs together like you know it good or you know? bad yeah. it is like so joyous of a thing i'm i love it we go on a big camp always trip good friends 20 of us yeah it always sounds awesome i'm sure but 20 of us will hang out and be singing Bungalow Bill together and like I don't know it feels really good yeah. you look around yeah, I mean, and you're like top I love these in the woods. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it's all fun and games until someone has to lug along the Mellotron Scotty brings along a melodica, melodica that yeah. does a lot of the fill the, uh, yeah. for that so the heavy lift there <laughs> we just mouth the parts <laughs> I, I think to kind of piggyback on a little bit of what RB said in terms of like the the friendship thing, like I think it two really specific things about the, you know, the very big question, Ethan, of how the Beatles changed your life. The first is like, all right, so I'm a guy in his 40s who like it it does get harder to see your friends the older you get and like with life and kids and work and everything and every couple weeks i get this to... podcast has gotten so old dude. i know we're I like know, oh that's okay get off that's my okay. lawn with your jukebox yeah. internet no, but and... it's good it's like th this is the hopeful piece is that like every couple weeks i get to hang out with three of my best friends and talk about something we love and have a few drinks and and put my head in a pillow 12 <laughs> feet away from me you know like it, it's it's so fun and i value it and like on wednesday we haven't done an episode in a few weeks we're actually recording our own episode right after this and um i texted on wednesday i was like i can't wait to hang out with you guys this weekend yeah. like it's yeah. you know it's it's like and the the beatles being at the core of that is the uh the most important thing the second thing i think of is uh, so i have three kids and uh this summer i went to see the band fleet foxes with my oldest daughter she, she kind of likes them and uh and I really liked them. And so she was like, fine, Dad, I'll go with you. And we had an awesome night. And they just released uh, a video of that concert online, which was a nice little uh, memento for us to be able to like be like, oh, that, we were at this show. We can look for ourselves or whatever. And we we're talking about that. And I turned to my 12-year-old and I said, what's the show you and I are going to go to? And she said, Ringo. And I was oh, like, let's oh, fucking yeah. go. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're going to go see Ringo. It's going to be yeah. great. That's awesome. So, and you know, oh, like yeah. my kids watched Get Back with me. Like they, 
you know, they tolerate the Beatles, which as a parent means they really actually like it, you know, because uh, they don't like anything you like. <laughs> have you gone to see Ringo yet? Mm-mm. I've never seen Ringo before. I just saw Paul for the first time this year with these guys. And my where, where did you see him? In Boston. Fenway ah, Park. I'm wearing the shirt. I yeah. saw him at Fenway yeah, Park, but I saw him there about 10 years ago. Yeah. It was it was very good. I, I I had a great time, and it was cool. Becker's mom came, my mom came, and to like to share that thing with your mom, you know, like yeah, they they were around when you know the the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan. They the, they yeah. they talk about those things, and um, we were walking out, and my mom said that was a once in a lifetime. My brother was there with us too. She said that was a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, it was yeah. like okay, that's yeah, that was cool. cool to do. That was that was like the. That night was my most moving, like, recent Beatles moment, like, sharing that. Like, I don't need to hear Paul doing Hey Jude. I don't need to be there mm-hmm. clapping and singing. But, like, to see my mom excited about it, I was like, all right, I'm in for this. I'll give you this. I'll, you know, let's do it. There's there's something about just being in a stadium with, like, 20, 20 30, 40,000 other people just as into it as you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and in these different thing, stages, you know? yeah. different yeah. stages yeah. of into it, you've got the people who are just like McCartney live people, you know. You've got the people who only know like the hits, and then and then someone who's like, you know, do temporary secretary, you know, like in the background. You're like, okay, you're, you know, um, that person yeah. is me. Yeah, right. Well, me too. So I get it. And then you've got that dude that wants to film the whole thing on his phone the whole time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you got people that just like fireworks. <laughs> Thank God Paul is doing fireworks still, you know. Yeah, nobody's there being like, I'm going to give this guy a shot. His name's Paul McCarthy, <laughs> McCarthy or something. Yeah. 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 Paul McCarthy. I, uh, I like the new bands, you know. <laughs> Uh, I mean, for for me, uh, you know, this podcast saved my life for the pandemic. So that's definitely, you know, I felt pretty dark in the heart of what was going on in, in COVID. And, and I live in a city and, and it was it was pretty tight and uh, we didn't go out and we didn't do things for a, a long time. And that's really when we, we started the show. Tommy had talked about doing this podcast for a long, long time. Um, and it was hard to just sort of get it together. I don't think we ever even thought that we would do like virtual recording. Like I think we thought we'd do this oh. podcast and get together for two hundred and something songs and just which do it in so person. Dumb. Which is so crazy. We could never <laughs> yeah. do that. But the the pandemic allowed us to do this. Saves and on recording. gas. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so that you know that was huge for me in my most you know recent times. That was that was really big. Sort of all of us to be able to get together. Um, but when I go back to just thinking about the Beatles being a foundation, like it influences everything that I love about music now. Like my passion for music and hearing stuff and still listening to music and having something playing, you know, every waking moment of my day, I, I generally have some music going on. All just comes back to the Beatles, you know. And ultimately, if I'm not sure what to put on, like I probably am putting on the Beatles, you know, like I. I was worried for a while, and there's some weeks right where we say, oh, we're going to do this song, and you listen to this song a ton, and, and sometimes it feels like a little bit of a grind because you're getting ready for the, the episode or whatever, but ultimately it never really is. Like, I always find something in every single Beatles song where I'm like, oh, you know, I kind of like, like, there's, like, I don't, 
We're slagging Boys. Boys is our least favorite Beatles song right now. But even playing Boys for like a week over that, like Alexa, you're like, you're like, you're oh, like, you know, talking about Boys. Like it's just kind of yeah. fun, you know. Like you're getting in the shower and Boys yeah, is playing, yeah, and you're like, boys. all right, this is cool. Like I'm into it, you know. So, um, yeah, I don't know. As a sort of soundtrack of my life, like it's it's done nothing but but been uplifting, you know. Actually, now that you touched on it, let's let's get to that point in the show with the worst. A misleading title of a section, the quick fire questions, Uh-oh. where the questions are quick but the answers are not. <laughs> so I will I will put the question: What is your favorite Beatles song? Should we just get get them out of the way real quickly? Yeah. Or no, right. do take as long as you need. <laughs> I mean, do we just want to get them on the table and then go, like the? Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, uh, you're minus... the boss here. <laughs> Am I coming off like that? I'm, I'm... No. All right. I'll play. I'll play anything you want me to play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine is happiness is a warm gun. Uh. Scotty loves picking favorites. He does uh, favorites. Yeah, okay, well, yeah. I'm. I, I guess the the cop out answer is the the one that I picked for my first Blood of Beatles episode, which was "Here Comes the Sun." That's that's a great one. I I usually say "Don't Let Me Down." I don't know right now if it's my favorite, but I don't know what to replace it with. So I guess we'll stick with "Don't Let Me Down." Yeah. Hmm. We know Ethan says "Tomorrow Never Knows," right? Did you say that on your show or just on ours? I can't remember. You did an, a I, nice I've, episode with I've Kit. Sa- I've, I've said, I've said it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put. I want to put that on the table with all of our other songs. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you consider me part of this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I generally don't do favorites, but I'll pick something for for the fun of it. Um, I'll go with. And your bird can sing. Oh wow! Good one. Wow. It it seems like it seems like uh, a bit leaning towards the later Beatles here. Yeah, definitely. I think we're probably as a crew. Uh, Rubber Soul later, if not Help later, um, and even like, as I mean, we got two guys who said the White Album is their favorite. RB said Abbey Road. I I vacillate between those two to be honest as my favorites. Um, on any given day, so. Well, you asked my question before I had the chance to say it. What's your favorite Beatle album? Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think Abbey Road kind of gets a bad rap sometimes. As this from who? Like, yeah. From, I I hear from people that they're like, oh, it's just a like Paul Pet project, or, you know, the like uh, the medley. What does that really mean, or whatever? But, I mean, there's also a couple killer john tracks on there right there's two amazing george harrison songs there's oh darlin i think ranks in the top whatever percentage of beatles songs ever like those more song songs are unreal as well too in octopus's garden like say what you want about that cheesy song but like the band is killing on that tune right like the stuff george is doing on that song is unreal i'd say the same thing about maxwell silver hammer honestly that's where Oh, come on. Have you you never listened to the isolated 
tracks. You know what? I haven't. And so I it's, will take your recommendation. On there's this do that. on YouTube. You can listen to the isolated uh, lead guitar and Moog synthesizer track. Really? And it's, and it's just kind of haunting. Because right. they, they use the Moog so tastefully on that album. Yeah, yeah, they do. It, they it, really it, do. You're right. They never venture into like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer territory. <laughs> well, because I don't think it came with an instruction manual, so they didn't know what to do yet. So they didn't yeah. even get a chance to go to crazy. Oh, those, those originally mo those original mogs were like I don't know, twelve feet tall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> giant pieces of furniture. When we saw that Radiohead band recently, right, he was plugging crazy stuff in. He was doing some yeah. phone cable type thing and making yeah, yeah. some of those sounds. Operator. I, I don't even think it was, it was like probably pre-Moog. I don't even know what it was. But that was that was nice. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I, I said it, a white album for me. I, I, I still stick with it. Like, I don't know. I feel like in sort of Beatlesdom, like it kind of, all these things go in and out of style of like what you should currently be saying is, is your favorite, who your favorite Beatle is, I think goes in and out of style. And I think what your favorite record is. Because I feel like okay, everything th now this, is leaning this towards is like. interesting. Yeah. I, I want to hear what you think the, the in vogue answers are. I think the young folk are saying now that like, probably revolver is the record if not like rubber soul do you think okay. am i uh, am i in touch with the the pulse of the youth i like i, I think i think i wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no one knows this but ethan is 67 years old i know that he plays it young but you know once you're on a plays video call 64 him. <laughs> but he's 67 <laughs> I, I use the voice modulator. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Uh, yeah, I think right now the trend is probably, I, I feel, or, you know, just reading Beatles Twitter and things like that, I feel like the trend is a little mid-period Beatles. And that White Album is... is... Which, is the, which, which is the trendy choice of favorite Beatle? Um... Because that's that's changed significantly. Over yes, the years. yeah, yeah, for sure, for it's, sure. We we are not living in a, a John Lennon dominated. No, and, and we, pick. I think we we grew up in that for sure. Yeah, uh, and I have that. It took me a long time. That you know, Paul has, you know, Paul has opened himself up to me on this podcast in a way that was I wasn't didn't feel at the beginning of it. I came in here with a more more of a Paul bias. Um, I feel like right now probably Paul is the 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 Beatles hero, you know, with with a ton of Ringo love and and we grew up right. You would joke on Yoko Ono and you would joke on Ringo. I never felt that about Ringo, but that was sort of the popular consensus, you know. Yes, yeah. he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. That kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, exactly. You, you saw that Saturday Night Live skit where. Lorne Michaels wanted to hire the Beatles yeah, for, for like three thousand dollars. For three thousand dollars, and then said, "Give Ringo less." You know, was the joke. Uh, so yeah, I think you know John's a little out of vogue, but I think it's hard. You have you know George is really big for me. Uh, it was really big for me as you know, um, but I think that's. It, it, but of course, you don't have the past decades of these people that have been out here and speaking for themselves. You know, so. Of course, John not having a voice for for forty something years is going to make him out of vogue. You know, like I don't. It just is what it is. You've got Paul who's able to be out there and telling the Beatles. If story. I can put this in the form of like a metaphor, a visual metaphor, it's like the statues that they built up of John 
have now started to kind of erode. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a great way to put it. Have you said that before? Or no? no. Oh, right. I like I just that. thought of it. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to Excellent. be on here if you're using this for every guest, you know, but if you're telling us tonight, yeah, yeah, I think that that's, that's completely accurate, you know. And so now, now they build the these body. statues of you because you die. In some way, you become perfect. Like through death, a lot of yes. there is this metamorphosis that happens on everyone, you know. You, you tend to forget the bad and remember the good. And, you know, John, I, I feel very strongly about this, this whole Lenin thing. It's, you know, after, you know, years and years of being a, an almost martyr figure, he isn't anymore. Yeah. For, and you feel for a lot of the young he... generation. Do you agree with that statement? I don't know. Okay. Because hmm. at the end of the day, they're all human. Right. Yeah. You can you can put as much as of you or you can put as much as you want into it, but at the end of the day, they're just four guys, who, you know, all have flaws. And with the John thing, it's you know, there's he's a really complicated guy to talk about now, because yes, he wrote a lot of good stuff. Yes, he was an activist for peace. But you also have the, the unsavory stuff that, uh, you know, every contrarian likes to lean into. Like, there's this sure. Onion article that I, I love that's like, um, you know, guy gets pleasure out of telling uh, people at parties that John Lennon beat his wife. Yeah. And I feel like I've bumped into that guy plenty of times. You know, yeah. like that's, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, it's, oh, I love the Beatles. Well, did you know John Lennon hit his wife? The, and the thing, like, I, you know. I didn't know that. The, recon the reconciliation with John is him working that out himself in his later music, too, right? Like, in being like, I am so flawed and I'm trying to do better. And, I'm, you know, that doesn't forgive the the uh the past indiscretions but i don't know I, I i'm someone who's still trying to figure things out i haven't i haven't thankfully done that <laughs> but like you know we the, through the mistakes and everything it's like all right how do i do better next he'll time? he'll always be the guy who who screamed at the beginning of mr moonlight <laughs> yeah high point is what you're saying high point. yes <laughs> and it's got to be really Mister! hard to not be here to Defend yourself. Like, what would John be if he was here and telling his story and was able to talk about? Oh, he, like, he would be absolutely, you know, like you, I, I, I struggle to imagine what his Twitter would be. Like the <laughs> most know. unbearable. I do. Sort I do of think I agree with that. <laughs> ar armchair <laughs> philosophy and politics. Yeah. Um. But. You know, he's not here to defend anything like, you know, what we're measuring our artists and public figures by here in 2023, even from when we grew up 20 years ago, is, is just very different. And it's hard to be measuring an artist when they're not here to give any of their own voice. Like even even some like I, I don't even know who I would use as an example, but we had them into the early 2000s or something like that to give us sort of a modern take on on the person they've decided to be 
but we don't get any of that from John. We don't get really any of that from George. And so it's, it's hard, you know, what are you supposed to do? On a slightly more lighthearted topic, I'm going to ask the flip side of uh, the, the quickfire questions. What's your least favorite Beatles song? I want Scotty to go first. Least favorite Why? song. Least favorite. I'm just not this way. I'm <laughs> well, be this way. I don't think like this. I don't like to rank things. You, you can make up answers for the for the sake um, of the show. Least favorite. I'll go with. Um, Oh, the, the, the one that John sings. Um, the very specific. Run for your life one there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Run for your life. All right. Okay. What, what about you, RB? Uh, I've never been a fan of Altogether Now. I think that song is dumb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Were you on that episode when we did it? I was not. Was you did it. That was before I joined. I would uh, I would have rated it lower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very revealing. It's like I, we're playing the newlywed game. Yeah. You get that yeah, up in Canada? <laughs> Be back God. in two and two. Um, <laughs> I think this is like an easy answer. There's probably one I really think is worse, but it's the first thing that comes to mind is the long and winding road. Yes. <laughs> uh, for me, it's Rocky Raccoon. I can't stand it. Despite loving I don't get that. I can't yeah. stand it. It's so ridiculous. McCartney cosplay or something you know like i just can't i can't get into it rocky raccoon yeah <laughs> I, know. I know ethan so by I that re- by that reaction i assume that you agree right uh, i oh, can't no, recall it's, ethan it's throw your that, uh I don't throw your body that... on the pile what did you say with uh with kit when you answered these questions i don't remember okay so there's there's a running joke on the show that there are secret correct answers <laughs> to uh, actually I'm not going to reveal those until I ask the flip side what is your least favorite Beatle album alright I mean it's easy the one I, that the one I'm going to go back to least uh, often uh, is Beatles for Sale I think and I think there are killer tracks on Beatles for Sale actually but I just don't go there I actually it might be Please Please Me actually now that I'm thinking more of it really like, please, please me yeah. Interesting, because I feel like you're always kind of pushing Please Please Me as like a uh, something to pay attention to in a way. I know we always think it misses the mark of like what we think that record is. And yeah, I think it, it should be a garage rock record, and it's not. It's yeah. kind of like ballady and sweet in a yeah, way that like I'm, I'm not really like into. Supposed to dance with your honey, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of honey show. dancing. A, a taste <laughs> of honey dancing. I don't like that song at all. <laughs> I actually have not, and I know I've I've listened to your show, and I I never really come up with it with like a favorite. I feel like I'm gonna say Beatles for Sale, but it's also kind of a, it's kind of a cop out. Like I I feel in a way like I feel like this needs a more dramatic answer, but I think I'll, yeah, I would probably no reply <laughs> it, it is better than anything on Please Please Me. So why didn't you say Please Please Me? I am. That's I'm changing my answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I could Jeez. see Beatles for Sale. I, I mean, that makes sense to me. It's the one with the most covers, too, right? Most covers after they did, like, one of all originals. 
I, please, please, me has more covers. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. I'm yeah. just slagging. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's panicking right now. <laughs> <laughs> RB, save us. Yeah, What's no, I, 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 I think that the records with most covers on them are probably the ones that I le- listen to the least. Um, so yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll throw out "Please Please Me" is probably uh, the one I probably won't put on very frequently. Um, but yeah, like the the I've 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 always been a, a later Beatles uh, fan, and and the earlier stuff I, I find it a little bit harder to get into. Um, with this podcast, though, uh, that, that going back to the all these songs, like, and really focusing on it, get to appreciate it a little bit more. But yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I would, I, I, I might go. It's got to be one of the first, the first couple. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick with Beatles for sale, but I, I, I don't want to hop on the please please me wagon. But you guys, have, you guys have sold me a little bit on that. Scotty, have you gone yet? I, I'm, I'm gonna say Beatles for sale. I, I mean, I'm gonna have to look at some stats here, though. Oh my God. Okay, since this is this is an audio podcast. <laughs> Uh, Scotty just pulled out a stack of notes. <laughs> He's very analog as a, yeah. as a producer. We record direct-to-tape. I don't know if you know that. We are the <laughs> two only inch. Beatles podcast going direct-to-two-inch tape. Yeah. I think Scotty Beatles, edits with a Beatles razor blade. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bitch to cut this podcast. Yeah. yeah. I like, I, just sitting there with your the razor blade. Razors, yeah. <laughs> You should see the teacups and pencils he has around there to do our yeah. podcast loops. It's crazy. Beatles for sale. That sounds that sounds like the one I'm I'm going with. Are you checking your notes to make sure that's your answer? Yeah, I had to make sure. You, you had to check in with the boss. Yeah. <laughs> what to say? But uh, tell us what's right, what's wrong. Give us. Okay. I want to go back. I want. I. I. I Tommy to got them all right. <laughs> the the secret correct answers. That I'd like to say, um, for the for at least the albums, the secret correct answer for favorite Beatle album is Revolver. Yeah. And the secret answer for least favorite Beatle album is Let It Be. No, oh, no. that's incorrect. No way. Wow. You're no out of order. Way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no. I way. no. Let It Be is not a good album. What are you talking about? Not a good album. But do you think it's okay? So, as an intense Beatles fan that you are, do you think it's not a good album because you know all of the backstory, or do you feel like it's not a good album just like on its own? I'm going to put this on with naked ears. The second one, really? Yeah, I, mean, I, sounds, I think it's a very weak album. It sounds different than other Beatles records. I mean, not only because it's not produced by George Martin, but just the the tone of the music. The way it's recorded or something is very different. But they're, at its heart, they're good songs. I mean, Two of Us is a great song. I've, I've never been big on Two of Us. Yeah. Get Back. Maybe you've heard that one. <laughs> I think I've heard it. I think we're a pod that really likes One After 909, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's never moved you, Ethan? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I like One After 909. Yeah. That's on the See, Let the, It Be the, route the thing, record. Maybe you're not sure. I know that you're like kind of a Beatles fan, but um, Let It Be has the song One After Nine or Nine on it. it does. Fuck yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that one. Is that that song Let It Be? 
<laughs> no, that the, those were the original lyrics to Get Back. Oh. I think, the, honestly, I, I, I'm not joking about, like, like I picked... Um, I Mean Mine is on one to be. I Mean so Mine good. is one of my favorite Beatles songs. It's, However, as 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 an album, I don't think it holds as well as any of the others. I think it's a real flaw that, for whatever reason, Phil Spector left. Um, obviously, I'm going to say Don't Let Me Down off the record. Like I, I've never really understood that, and I think that would add a lift to it that it's kind of lacking. But I do love... Um, What's the Paul and John tune too? The um, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling. I think is a great song. Yeah, I'm a two of anyway. us guy. Like I don't know. I mean, Let It Be is a great song. Yeah, but you also have the long and winding road. So the long and winding yeah, road that hurts is it. That hurts quite it. possibly my, my least mind. favorite Beatles song. Is it it's, because it, is it because of all the production and strings and lush stuff that was put on on top of it? I, or just at the core, you think it's just a bad song? At at the core, I I don't like this the Spectre version. I think there there were some versions that you could hear in Get Back with more audible organ and drums that made the song a bit better. But I just think it's 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 one of the Beatles songs where if I hear it on the radio, I will change the channel. Yeah, it's you definitely don't need to hear it again. Cha- I will tune away from that station. But if we were all in a room or a hotel lobby and there was a piano there and one of you guys sat down and banged out Long and Winding Road, I would be I like, would walk away. No way. <laughs> no. <laughs> if RB sat down and just started plucking out Long and, and Winding Be- Road, right. like RB, I would be moved. Be- we're going to put know? this to the test at Beatles Fest Jersey yeah. City. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to find a lobby piano, Ethan. We're going to have RB sit down right. and knock this one out. Joke's on you. We'll- there is no lobby piano. Oh, no, we'll what make kind of Beatles lobby Fest piano. is this? Oh, I'm going to... Where's the piano? Then? Is this a BYO piano event? <laughs> <laughs> just just stumbling around a hotel lobby drunk. Ah, where, where's the piano? Where's the, where's the piano, man? Knocking shit over, yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking for the piano, man. Billy Joel can fuck right off, first of all. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, I... The song is there. Like, there is something about it, but we're just tired of it. We don't need to hear it. Like, I don't, you know, um, which which weighs into, like, what is the worst Beatles song? But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think I, it just drags on. Yeah, it I think it's a little plotting. It's, it's a, a little plotting. It's a dirge. If Paul had put Maybe I'm Amazed on Let It Be instead of The Long mm-hmm. and Winding Road, like that, you know, you're looking at a little bit of a different record, right? That would have been cool. That would have been very cool. You've impressed Ethan. You go to the next level now. You've got past. You've got the past. The boss. Up. Power yeah. up. Power up. Power up. The, there's. It, oh, it's the only time we've interested Ethan yet tonight. So. There, there, there's different uh, levels that you can yeah. attain to in this podcast. Now it's, we get a different set of questions. I got. Yeah. I fans. I riddle you like, this three. <laughs> What walks I, in the morning but crawls during the day? I, I need to start ans- or asking questions like that. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do a, a whole episode but ask it like a troll under a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> in little form. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. I don't even have it. Yeah, the, the show has different levels. You can. It, it's like 
uh, Fans on the Run is the Scientology of Beatles podcast. Oh, perfect. That's why well, <laughs> yeah. there has been a hole in my life I've been looking to fill. So this yeah. is perfect. Well, <laughs> all you got to do is just give me 250 grand. That's it. That's, it. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. Call me um, Ron Hubbard. <laughs> we keep turning down the big money because we just we we want to own our masters, you know. So we're just waiting <laughs> for the right deal to come across. We're so pumped. yeah. We don't have we don't want to Taylor Swift and have to re-record the whole thing. Uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. Beatles. Plato Beatles. Tommy's version. <laughs> <laughs> My body would really give out. It really would. I couldn't do. Honestly, 15. as someone who who does a podcast, it's inc- the thought of re-recording a show exactly. I'm well, even, it's just one of the most. You and I had to do it already. <laughs> not word for word. Not word yeah, for true. word. True. Yeah. It's yeah. like that's insane. That that oh, that just sends shivers down my spine. Yeah, it makes me. That sick. sounds like the most soul crushing oh thing ever. Yeah. If Bob you know Sprout was like, we just went under. You lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to take this moment while we're talking about it now, and also say that I have. You know, as a podcast, we do. We were doing it with three people, and RB was doing music for us. And then he came on and did an episode, and, and we were like, "Oh, RB should just be part of the show." And we continued to sort of grow and, and want this, and, and it takes like four people to make our show. I have so much love that you, as a sole content creator out there and doing it, being a solo podcaster, is tremendously difficult. Like I, it sounds dumb to say that podcasting is difficult, but that you are doing this completely by yourself you've had a ton of fantastic interviews you've got a ton of fantastic guests that you're recording and producing and editing doing it all by yourself finding the drive to continue doing that i don't know i don't know how you I, do it can i can i break the illusion for a second <laughs> there's four ethans <laughs> the illusion yeah it's like multiplicity <laughs> yeah no it, it's it's even three... that was a movie from like 1991 featuring michael keaton <laughs> i don't know if you've ever seen it it's, no, it's I, I'm really just three toddlers in a trench coat. <laughs> oh, you're muppeting this one. I wouldn't yeah, believe that. Man, I, I wouldn't believe that. Except you're, you're 67 man. years old. What do you mean you'd believe that? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen your bottom half. That's what I'm saying. I've only oh? ever seen. <laughs> laying down last time we saw. I've only. Him. Oh yeah, that's right. One time I saw you laying down. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of our episode. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you just leveled down. <laughs> you never make it up to the ivory ta- the FOTR ivory tower. <laughs> he almost me. respected us. <laughs> oh boy. No, it's uh, but no, it's awesome what you're doing. You're you're it's, old, so you're you're gonna you're gonna understand the reference <laughs> I'm about to make. It's like in in Super Mario Two yep. when you uh, yeah you take a hit and then you go small and then you only have the, the one heart instead of the yeah. three hearts. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly. So, so you can't beat Birdo. And no. That's why you got a Princess Peach this one. You can just float right through. You know? Yeah. That's the, you that's think the you want to play that lo- that game as Princess Peach, and then after a while you realize you don't. You know. Oh, you just can't play as Crazy Legs Luigi. I mean, oh, that no, guy no, is no, there's, that's there's un- no, that's there's no control. There's yeah, no that's control. Unplayable. That was like a Japanese joke on us or something. <laughs> I think that was that was the subtitle for the game. Japanese <laughs> <laughs> joke on America. It, it didn't make it past uh, the the localization team. 
Wait a minute. <laughs> no one's going to buy this. <laughs> I I really... Depending on the date, the fans on the run is veering closer and closer towards just talking about old Nintendo games. <laughs> All right, so Matt, what do you think the best Nintendo game is then? Ooh. Because there's a right answer. Whoa. <laughs> Original yeah. Nintendo. There's a yeah. secret yes. right answer. No, there is I... a right answer. Is there? I'm trying to pick one. Uh, now I'm Scotty C is furiously rifling through papers. I don't even know what he's yeah. looking at. <laughs> I think he's it's the phone book. The, he's looking through the instruction manual. He's blowing he's on cartridges. He's called the Nintendo tip the line. Nin, yeah, he's My getting Nintendo a Nintendo power counselor magazine. on the yeah. line. He's getting to go through his Nintendo powers. He's like, how do yeah. I get the magic I whistle? I actually <laughs> still have some Nintendo powers. I have a bunch yeah. of Nintendo powers in my mom's house. I probably have a dozen actually. or so. What, yeah. what yeah. I have that you guys probably don't, I have a power glove. What? Oh, oh man. I never seen one person. You that. I yeah, wanted it I, so I love bad. the power glove. It's so bad. Did I you buy it at the time, or you have it as like a, a, a retro? No, trust me. no I, I wasn't alive. <laughs> <laughs> Did I buy it at the time? <laughs> Did you come out of the womb wearing the power glove? <laughs> <laughs> he punched his way out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's the best way to play Nintendo games. As long as you want to... <laughs> have like three little weird sensors that you put on top of a TV to well, kind rich... of make your motion oh. track. Oh my God. My rich sensors? cousins had a power glove. Yeah. And oh. from what I remember, you put the glove on that just had a controller on yeah. and you were just like playing well, on your I wrist. Thought it was. <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can do that, but in like Mario, you can go like this and he moves and then oh, you okay. can make him go up. But then eventually the sensors don't work and you're just like, and then you're playing the game on your wrist like a nerd. So I'm stuck between Dragon Warrior. Wow, uh, great pick. Dragon man. Warrior was great. Yeah. Mega Man 2, I thought, Mega was an oh awesome Mega game. Mega Man 2, uh, yeah. yes. And then I'm a Mega Super Man Mario 3. Yeah. Super Mario I'm Mega Man 3 and Super Mario 3. Mm -hmm. Super Mario 3. Mario 3 and I think nice. Contra. Contra with oh, yeah. the Contra's Contra, good. Contra with the cheat yeah, code yeah. is good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah up, up, it. down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, start. <laughs> So you're not only buying Beatles vinyl, but you're buying like vintage. I, I, video I used game to stuff. be for for a few years. I I collected a lot of vintage game stuff, but I I sold. Do you it have a years uh, back. a rob a rob the robot? Ah, oh, God, no! I wish. But my after, my neighbor had Rob the robot. After I had two different Super Nintendo consoles that uh, you know quit on me, like one the cartridge port stopped working. When the controller port stopped working, I, ended I mean, you're, up just... you're pretty young. Do you know that you're supposed to blow on the cartridge? That's that fixes it. Oh, do you know you're supposed to blow on the cartridge? <laughs> Level down. It's gonna be weird when I'm totally yeah, edited start out of from this the podcast. Start. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bunch of silence. And... Yeah. A, fr a friend of mine had a, a Nintendo where the spring was broken, so they they had a. Converse high top shoe that they used to jam in to <laughs> oh, keep the cartridge keep down. down. The ingenuity of yeah. the eighties. Yeah, you know. Uh, but now I, we just I, throw it out. Now I mean, we we, we truly are the greatest generation. I think that's what they say about us. <laughs> <laughs> Show me one person that said we're not the greatest generation. <laughs> that last wait, wait, people say generation. <laughs> people say things about Gen X. <laughs> no, never. Uh, the 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 boom World War Two 
people are typically called the greatest generation. Right? I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to impart wisdom to you, young squire. Are you Tommy, age? Are you age? Tommy, you just <laughs> like I don't even down. know if there's a term for I it. Know. I know. I knew that was coming. I knew that was. Co- I saw it coming. I, I ended I, up buying one of those uh, like mini Super Nintendo classics, and my friend oh, yeah. hacked it so I can just load all the all the ROMs and stuff. Yeah, that yeah. I, I I obtained legally. Of course, right. <laughs> Yes. My nephew got a good little ROM thing for Christmas, and I was playing Adventure Island, which oh, yeah. that game I totally cool. forgot. It's weird, though. You're like, so wait, I, I'm like kind of a Polynesian person, right? Like, But I'm picking up these weird bird eggs and throwing them at people. And then I also a- ride a skateboard. As soon as you start thinking about it, it all falls yeah. apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was going on? I mean, on it's like an island of adventure. Island. It's right on the tin, right? It's an island of adventure. <laughs> yeah. You, that's my line. Said on the tin. God damn well, it! I, it was it was an homage. Do I level back up? A homage. Yes, yes. You level back up. All right. Thank you're, you. You're 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 in the good books. I'm not going to blackmail you. <laughs> and Tommy hasn't even got you. Tommy wait? wrote a list of Tim Hortons jokes this long, and he hasn't even got to them yet. <laughs> You know, I I'm not, I think we'll have time for those. <laughs> yeah, I just want to hear them back to back. Those are actually all the papers at Scotty's house. I gave them to him. I got to edit them. What do you call those small donuts up there? You call them bits? Tim, Tim bits? bits? Yeah. We call them munchkins around here. Well, that's because it's a different chain. I know, but like it's still what you just grow yes. up calling them. Like a bits? No, you bits. don't call them a bit. It's they're, they're Timbits. Yeah, it's even worse. What if you and want I, one? I don't know who this this the only this world. guy Duncan Donuts. Well, we grew up with Mr. a caricature of a guy who Mr. Is the Dunkin Donut. Donuts guy. Yeah, and he would say, "Time, it's time, time to, to make, make the, the donuts." donuts. He has yeah. a name, and you kind of trusted him. He was waking up early. Well, yeah. His wife was like, "Don't wake me up. Just go make the donuts." You know. Yeah. He had a mustache. Kind of yeah. looked like Mean Gene Okerlund. He did. <laughs> Sorry, do you want to talk about the Beatles, Ethan? <laughs> you want to go to WWF? <laughs> Nintendo and Donuts. No, I, I've, I've got one last question. Yes. All right, let's do it. How did how did Blotto Beatles become? I think this is a good. This is a Tommy answer. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, we we've kind of touched upon this, right? It was. We had talked about uh, the idea of a podcast for maybe a year, a year and a half, and kind of kicked it around becker and i at one point in the early 2000s in in our beatles love had started a beatles blog do you remember this where we were gonna write like um point counterpoints on we did a couple Beatles subject yeah and um so we you know it that kind of grew into the idea of like oh this podcasting thing or whatever and then when the pandemic hit and we were all just texting and kind of lonely i was like we could all just get microphones on Amazon and do this, right? Like we did some research and figured it out, and like as Becker said, like it, it definitely saved my pandemic. Um, in in terms of, we were recording an episode every week when we started. We would have a midweek check in, only for like, one. Yeah, we did one a week, but we had a midweek check-in for like a planning meeting, which is hilarious now. The idea that we're like, we need to plan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and so that's that's how it came to be. It was it was pandemic driven. You look at this terrible thing that like maybe 
there were some keepers, some takeaways of like things I wanted to keep doing that I, I started during then. So we have scheduling has gotten a little more difficult and um, we're not as regularly releasing as we were, but we're still plowing ahead, which is, I think, the most important thing. Like well, we're not going a, now a I, month. Now without you know releasing. what you got to do. You have to create yeah. a new strain. Yeah. And spread it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no more fucking. I believe media. that's what we in the business like to call uh, going a viral. Biological weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kissing every animal I see, just like seeing what 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 could happen. You know. Yeah. The the pangolins just don't cut it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and there's uh, my neighborhood is lousy with pangolins, but yeah. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, it was Tommy's idea. It goes back to like this being the common denominator for all of us that every, you know, um, there are a ton of Beatles podcasts and, and, and most of them are, are very good. I love what, what I think I love what everyone is doing. Like, it's great. If someone wants to go out there and do something a, like that's this, that's a how diplomatic I feel about, answer. Yeah. I, I, but I mean, like, it's like, it's like making music or anything like that. Like, if you feel like you should get on a mic and talk about the Beatles and do something or you get out there and you should make music. I am all for it. Like, I love people doing anything. I love people creating. I wouldn't get in the way of, of any of it. Um, uh, for us, it was a common denominator. It was something we sort of just came down to. We are generally people who like to have a couple of drinks. We, we would go to bars as friends. We would be there talking about the Beatles until late into the night. And it was like, this makes sense. Let's, let's, let's do this. This is, this is a who, fun thing. Who came yeah. up with the, the, the drunk angle i think Probably i kind of suggested we like yeah it's yeah, tommy's like, idea this this we, podcast we, is tommy's idea we go out and we have we have a few beers and we end up talking about the beatles why are we just recording that and i you know not that i think we're super interesting or anything but it's just like a project yeah i love times in my life where i'm making something and you know and and putting it out for whoever wants it and i think that this does that but the thing i love most about when we get together you know as the four of us and do an episode it's ethan it's a thing that's happened here tonight with you which is we're dumb and we're silly and we're talking about the beatles that we love and then every now and again there's some connection to like a greater truth about our lives or there's something about the beatles that we find really turns us on and like gets us going and and then we're dumb and we're stupid again, and and that cycle. And then you have continues. a you have a fifteen minute conversation about uh, your exactly. favorite Nintendo but game. Nintendo yeah. games, right? Right? Like, and that's and like some of those of our episodes, like those are my favorite parts where we're not talking about the Beatles at all. Yeah. You know, but I, I joke that Fans on the Run is probably the Beatle podcast that talks about the Beatles the least. Yeah. <laughs> I look for any excuse to not talk about the Beatles. But I love those moments. I, I love talking about other stuff and being dumb. And, and and then I love when bits of sincerity and truth come out, too, that we didn't expect, you know? And um, so that's... And all these guys constantly are turning me on to something, like, right? Our assignment, Scotty C picks a tune... And he says, we're recording this in, in a week or two, whenever we decide we're recording. And we all sit with, we're doing Drive My Car tonight. We all sit with Drive My Car for a couple of weeks. And then we all get together about it. We all just have like a different take. And I find that to be amazing, right? We all do the block and tackle. We all go and read and how is it recorded and what are the quotes and what does Paul say about it and lyrics and all this stuff. Like we all get that. But like 
What is your takeaway? What do you think this means? How did it move you this week? I had a bad week and I listened to this song and it influences in, in this way. And I don't know, like the Beatles for us has become like a, a platform. And, and I feel like it's, it's that way with guests, right? Like we, I like talking to musicians. Like my focus on the pod is getting guests that are musicians and, and talking about the Beatles. And like, this just becomes an awesome jumping off point, right? We can all be like, oh, we fucking love this song. We love this band. We love the alchemy of these guys getting together. Um, and then blast off and talk about everything else that we love about music. Yeah. It's like a conduit and like connects us to each other it connects us back to the Beatles and other music and like you said you might be having a certain type of week or day or and you know we just share that stuff yeah we get to now hang out with Ethan we got to meet you you got now to have I, us on you had us now on it's show? it's the best part of the show or at least it's the guest's favorite part now it is time to plug where can we find Blotto Beatles? And so what is you, Blotto Beatles? So Blotto Beatles is a podcast for and four friends. And why is Blotto Beatles? <laughs> yeah. Well, our our mothers ask that all the time. Um, Blotto Beatles is a podcast and they for should four know. friends. Those mothers yeah. should know. <laughs> we, we're, we're four friends. We get together. We have a few drinks. And every episode, um, we talk about, we discuss, we rank on a big list uh and then we sing yeah tomorrow never knows inebriation... number one on the list right incorrect sir uh <laughs> one beatles song we do all those things to one beatles song talk about it rank it sing it uh over the course of an episode while having a few drinks um we're 55 or so episodes into this 200 plus episode journey We've been really lucky to meet people like you, Ethan, uh, like Sam Wiles, our Ranking the Beatles friends, some great musicians and, and um, authors and things like that, and, and just bring our friends on as well. So if you are looking to find Blotto Beatles, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also visit us at blottobeatles.com, which will point you in some right directions, where we also have a shop where you can buy some of our uh, just logo merch, a really, really dumb, uh, jokey Beatles-themed merchandise. There's new stuff on there. Um, What's that, Arby? So we got, I think we got some new things popping up. On we there. got a couple yeah, new shirts new up there just there. recently. Um, and, and also, if you think that you've heard Ethan being too sober on this show, Fans on the Run, <laughs> and you're you're a fan of Ethan's work, uh, he did come on our show in the, in sort it, of it, I think our, our mid thirties. If you would like to hear me get so drunk that I have not touched booze <laughs> since. <laughs> Uh, we had Ethan on for his Canadian uh, legal birth and birthday, and I think that um, I'd also like to have him back on for the uh, his his U.S. birthday. So you have to figure out oh, your, your second idea. track. Yeah, uh, when he, that's another like a year or two away. What are you, a year that's, and a half? That's uh, next year. Oh, all right, nice, nice. I want to do that in person, though. I think that yes. that would be that would be great. We'll make that happen. We had a we had a ton of fun, uh, Ethan. Went to bed in the middle of that episode, which is great. We haven't had a we haven't had a guest really do that yet, so that was yeah. That was fantastic. I, it it was it was a bed in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just it was just totally a on bed. In, a bed in for tomorrow never knows. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> and um, just in case uh, you listeners out there are too lazy to you know type things yourself, all of the links will be in the description for this episode. 
to go and listen to Blotto Beatles. Go to their website and you know we're, we're on the socials as well. Yeah, we're all the place. We the try Instagram, and do some stuff on Twitter. Instagram and, and Twitter and all that. Occasionally they retweet my tweets. <laughs> it's it's the highlight of their Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I kid. I kid. Thank you for having us on. I really when you reached out and, and invited us as a guest, I was like, we've we've made oh, it. Yeah. I mean, look <laughs> at look at the list of your guests. <laughs> look it's, at us, it's amazing. Guys. Look at us. Look at us. Yeah, hey, because he keeps here. he keeps <laughs> ranking up, like Mark yeah. Lewison, then Blood Beatles. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ethan <laughs> doesn't publish this, but yeah. he he ranks his guests and he sends yeah. us that list. You and you so. are you are greater than Mark Lewison in sheer volume. <laughs> In, in pure tonnage, yeah, yeah. yeah. gross <laughs> weight, yeah, yeah, and that this weight is gross. <laughs> it, it, in terms of sheer number of guests, <laughs> yeah, we we beat Mark Lewison. Take that, Lewison. <laughs> Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> but Ethan, seriously, Mark, if you, you want to come on the uh, on the podcast, yeah. I'm sorry, I think we're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you that's for having what, us, Ethan. This that, is, that's this is that's so biz much. talk for don't step on my fucking turf. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan, thank you so much, man. Yeah, it's man. Awesome. Thank it's you guys for coming on the show. And to everyone else out there, actually, I don't have to plug my own show because they did the same. Basically, wherever you can find Blood Beatles, you can find Fans on the Run. All the socials. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, I post all the graphics for the show, including this one, which Just is a, a bit of a magical mystery tour. Yeah. Yeah, the walrus that. was Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> if you flip the cover backwards, there's a hidden message. Um, but yeah, to everyone out there, thank you for listening. And you can go home now. And then you always end with peace and love. Isn't that your thing, Ethan? No. No. Peace and love. No, that's our thing. Peace and love. Peace and love. Fans on the Run is produced by Ethan Alexander. Additional voiceovers by Richard Fulton. This has been a Showtown production.